All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. I hate to break the fishing news up here, Amchuk, but I'd like to speak about the ice hockey. Congratulations. You're one of the 13 listeners of the Real Life Podcast. We just traded a migraine in for, like, an orgasm. Might want to mark that down. Yep. All of my projects are on schedule until they're not. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. About as funny as we're going to get today. Episode 198, Real Life Podcast. I'm Tyler Remchuk, joined by Jay at the Squire and Bagged Milk. Uh, Just the three of us for now for about 10 minutes. No Chalmers, no Wanya this week. But we will be joined in short time by the voice of the Edmonton Oilers, Jack Michaels. Going to join the pod live. Going to chat with him for a little bit about how things are going down at the rink. Chat a little bit about his career as well. Before we get into that, I should let you know that today's podcast, as always, brought to you by the fine folks over at Jappa Machinery. All your heavy equipment needs. Jappa has you covered. Check them out. Twitter, Instagram. Check out their website as well. That's probably the most important one. JappaMachinery.com. Bagged milk. Jay, guys, uh, going to chat with Jack in about 10 minutes here. I'm excited for this. He's a guy who, like this past year with the Smith-Talbot fight, and you know he had like the Archibald game winner. All his game winner calls started to get a lot of hype online. He really has, he is the voice of the Oilers, and I think like a lot of the fan base is proud of that. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because this is a guy that came in and was forced to follow a legend. Yeah. Um, so I think for a lot of Weathers fans, it's kind of, you think it almost took a minute for some people to warm up to Jack? Because to me, listening to his calls, as we were, I was prepping for today's interview, going back through a bunch of his calls, like, like you said, game winners, big saves, fights, he puts everything into it. And I love the way he calls hockey games. Yeah, and oh, I, that's what it, I was kind of getting no at, too. no shortage of energy. Like, when he took over from Rod, I think naturally there was a little bit of like, oh, our legends being replaced with, and I mean, this wasn't me saying it, but there are people, you know, oh, our legends being replaced by an American, come on. But I mean, one, he's got a hell of a call. Two, if you listen to him, he clearly cares a lot about this hockey team and the fans. And I think over the past few years, he's really sort of endeared himself as the team started winning as well, which certainly helps. He's really started to endear himself to the fan base, right, Jay? Oh, he just, yeah, yeah, of course. And he's like, he's done such a good job capturing some crazy moments, especially this season, which has been the nuts one to begin with. But, uh, no, he's earned his stripes. You're right. Anytime there's a transition and you're taking over, uh, filling the shoes of a, of a, of a hockey hall of famer broadcaster, you know, that there's always going to be a bit of a transition, but like he's jumped in, he's made it his own. And that guy brings the energy. Like I feel, you know, like, like he, he just, like, I, I feel the saliva coming out of my speakers and hitting me in the face in the sense of like how like when he goes insane on some calls and he's just like out of breath and like, oh, like, he's, like I just feel that like oozing out of the speaker uh, when he when I when I'm listening to to the radio. So uh, he's done a great job. 
he, uh, like I said, he's he, he done it his own way, and he, he's, his, he's his own brand uh, and sound, and it's, I, I love it. And this is a guy, too, he he kind of, he, he got his at-bats in before jumping oh, up to the NHL as well. Never. He did 919 games in the minors before ju- making the jump to the weather. So this guy has seen a lot of hockey in his day. And uh, yeah. uh, it's kind of one of those, he's kind of, you know, proof of concept. He's one of those 10,000 hours guys. Yeah, he's, like I said, like, I, I, I can't imagine the pay for being uh, the play-by-play guy for an East Coast Hockey League team is that lucrative. So he obviously had a mission and a, and a goal, and that was to get to the NHL. And he just, you know, he's one of those good stories where he just rode the bus probably literally for a long time, getting those reps in. And then he got the call to uh, to make it to the show, and he is he has grabbed the ball and he has run with it for sure. So he ain't going anywhere. You well, man. we need to ask him. We need to ask him about that when he comes on because, like, like Jay said, I can't imagine play by play in the ECHL is nobody's getting rich doing that. Like, is, did he have to go down and sweep up the stands just to like keep his dream alive? Or I, I'd love to know how he went from game one in the ECHL, almost a thousand more, and then finally getting the call up to the bigs. Well, and that's like, a hell of a jump too, yeah. though. Like you're going from East Coast to NHL. Like there was no AHL time. Like, he, like, like, how did he not get discovered sooner? If he was that, like, that's so much of a talent. Maybe it's because just geographically being in the Alaskan market uh, and not not getting too much attention, and we just kind of got lucky uh, when uh, our opening came up. But, uh, yeah, I would love to know more about that. Well, the interesting part is, like, you read through his job descriptions. When he was with Colorado in the West Coast League, uh, broadcaster, but then he was also director of communications, director of marketing as well. So, And then even when he went up to the ECHL, his title on his website says, Vice President and Alternate Governor, Alaska Aces. And he does all this stuff. And it's almost like it's almost like the play-by-play part was like okay, and you can also do that if you do like these ten other jobs for us, uh, which I find fascinating as well because then you get the call to the NHL and your only focus all of a sudden is being the play-by-play guy. So yeah, there's a ton of really interesting things to get to with Jack. You mentioned the ten thousand hours thing. Well, if you take nine hundred nineteen games in the minor leagues and times that by sixty minutes, it's just over fifty-five thousand hours uh 10,000 hours doesn't quite cut it I guess I'm excited to talk to Jack though in a few minutes here the one thing uh, there's okay there's two things speaking of play-by-play guys it came out today that uh, Chris Cuthbert and Louis DeBrusque will be the broadcast duo for the Oilers games uh they'll be the crew that's sent into the bubble here in Edmonton Chris Cuthbert calling Oilers games that is fine by me what about you guys Tyler I need to question your math yeah, I was I was wondering too, Jay. So if a game is sixty minutes, yeah. So sixty minutes, yeah, I don't know if you know this, is also considered one hour. Oh yeah. If you take one hour games. I was I don't even 60, think sorry, fifty five thousand minutes. That's my bad guess. I would love <laughs> to know how many hours if we even live on this earth for fifty five thousand hours. I was like, I was wondering that too, and I was, I'm super glad oh. that you jumped in, Jay, because I'm generally bad at slide. I, I was so being proud nice, of myself and I was for that line. Finish your Cuthbert statement there. I was gonna interrupt you, but I was like, nah, mm. I'll let him finish this, and then I'll jump in and uh, quiz our boy. So now the question is, do I go back and edit that, or do I let Twitter and Instagram absolutely roast me for the next probably six to twelve months, like they're known to do? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Your going away. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, math guy. Math guy, your M-Chuck. Yeah, I was, yeah. Man, I, Man, like, I the funny thing is, I... confidence, too. You did, and I thought about it, too, but I'm so bad at math because of your confidence in your statement. I was like, that doesn't sound right, but you know what? I'm not going to question it because I'm horrible at math. I'd well, love to if know. I didn't already know, if I already didn't know 60 minutes was one hour, <laughs> I, uh, and able to then time one by wow. 919... That uh, I have, that was my level of math knowledge that I needed to have to be able to question your Chuck on his crazy. You want to talk about hyperbole oh, uh, yeah. statement, but that none of this is to discount the effort 
that Jack Michaels put in no. and the reps that he put in to get where he is today. This is more just Jaremchuk sucks the math. Yeah, the best part was like I delivered that whole line with so much confidence, seamlessly jumped to the next one. Then when you called me out, I quickly flipped back to my calculator and did the math again. And I was like, no, I'm right. I got that right. What the hell is Jay talking about? Yeah, I don't know how I jumped to that. Wow. Um, well, that's why that's so, why we're doing a podcast and not astrophysics. Yeah. So uh, Chris Cuthbert, guys, hey? <laughs> How many hours does he have? Two million? Oh, he's got millions of hours. Since uh, the dawn of man, Chris Cuthbert has been announcing hockey games. So that's a, you know what? I'm pumped. Uh, that guy's the best. He is. Uh, he is the best. I'm just looking forward just to, yeah, I, I'm pumped to, to, to hear it. It just feels right. Yeah, me too. I love Chris Cuthbert. He's one of the best that ever has done it and I'm really looking forward to hearing him call Connor McDavid do Connor McDavid things it's going to be fantastic I'm looking forward to it and uh, frankly having Louie doing some color as well is I like Louie doing yeah. color um, I like what he brings as well so well, that's a good team that's yeah. a good team oh, out here in Edmonton great team great team Louie's always been yeah he's been awesome so we're lucky to have like so they're, they're doing every game you said right yeah they're doing all the Edmonton games I believe oh yeah where this is yeah no Drew, I'm I'm in. Uh, okay. Poor Drew. If I could get your quick takes on this before we get to Jack Michaels, maybe we'll touch on it a little bit later as well. But it came out that the NHL is going to be running on a five-second delay. I think that is not a big deal at all. That is to prevent some horrendous language from probably getting through, things the NHL doesn't want the fans to hear. Five <laughs> seconds is not enough for a team to send out a tweet saying that, oh, this player scored or whatever. Five seconds is actually probably pretty close to the delay that they run at usual games as well. So it's not a big deal for me. Uh, you guys? No, nah, it's fine. Uh, I'm worried it's actually might not be enough because, like, yeah. I know when I get heated in hockey, like, I'm talking for more than five <laughs> seconds. We'll tell you that much. Did you guys hear what uh, Torp said when he was asked about it? Yeah, he goes, I don't give a shit or something. Yeah, he's just like, uh, Torp, what do you think about the player swearing out on the ice and having that come through in a fanless building? He's just, I don't give a shit. It's the best. Yeah. Five seconds is fine. Yep. Somebody's yeah. got to be on, but I'll tell you, whoever's manning that job has got some pressure because they better be on that button real quick. Oh, yeah. I'll never, forget, the players. I'll never forget the time I had uh, Laddie Schmid on the radio. And of course, you can't swear on the radio unlike you can on this podcast. And uh, he said something about like Patrick Kane has like the sickest hands every time he goes around you. Then he somehow went like, I'm like, oh, shit. And then I'm sitting there in the studio. I was facing the other way and I was like, Holy crap, he just swore and I like scrambled over. I didn't get to the button in time. We run on a six-second delay. Um, well, right. oh, if you remember Laddie Schmidt on our podcast, he was, uh, he was a colorful character. He was. The swear count was probably in the 50,000. Probably. We filled up the jar on that one. Yeah, oh yeah. All right, episode 198 of the Real Life Podcast. If my math is correct, that means we've been doing this for just over 11,000 hours uh, we're going to bring bring in Jack Michaels after this quick little break. And it's not even a break. It's just a proper introduction for Jack Michaels. And honestly, this is the right way to do it. Have a goalie fight. Bear throws the right hand. Here comes Cam Talbot and Mike Smith. They're going to go with center ice. Talbot short with the right hand. Smith, three clubbing right hands. Right hand Talbot. Big right-handed shot from Mike Smith. This is the battle of Alberta. We've been waiting for for three decades. There we go. Back on episode 198 of the Real Life Podcast. If that call doesn't put a smile on your face, then you are definitely not an Oilers fan. And if uh, that's a fitting intro for our guest, Jack Michaels, joining the podcast. Jack, welcome to the pod. Thanks for giving us some time. Oh, thanks, guys. Pleasure to be on. And uh, wanted you to know it. Well, what about four and a half months later, we're going to have a decidedly different Battle of Alberta to bring us back to reality. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. It's going to be very different when those two teams uh, battle it out on the 28th. You've been back down at the rink a little bit now. Uh, four months off. What's kind of the vibe around the team right now? Well, I mean, it's tough to say exactly, you know, around the team simply because, you know, you're not you're not going in and chatting with them in the locker room after the way you, you know, normally would. Mm-hmm. But we lost Jack. Oh, oh we lost Okay, I was hoping it was me. No, I think we lost Jack. We will uh, patiently wait like we did with Sam Gagne that time as well. Sam Gagne always came back for us, and I'm sure Jack will as well. I'm um, talking a little bit about the vibe around the team. He was, uh, he was driving too. I wonder where Jack's going right now. He's a busy guy. 
He's on the move. Maybe he's, he's getting back a donair. <laughs> I'm gonna guess he was going. He's going to get a mid-afternoon donair. Uh, yeah. I can see that. Embracing the culture. Of I, course. I wonder if Jack ever had a donair before he came up to Edmonton. I hope he's had a donair. Yeah. It hurts cool. my heart when we bring on a special guest and it's from Edmonton, and then we ask them if they've had, what their favorite donair place is, and they say they haven't. They don't really eat donairs. And that's why you despise having me on this podcast. Yeah, but at least you'll eat them. Like, yeah, like not even to like, like humor me and say like, and, and like we've had great guests and the ones that said they haven't had one. That's okay. That's, I'm okay with it. Not, no, actually, no, I'm not okay with it, but I don't take it personally against them. Like it's not a strike against them. I just, in my heart of hearts, hope they just have an answer. Just like say something that you saw. I drove by Queen Donaire. Does that work? That, that works. That's good enough for me. But like Tyler, if you if you're in the back, and it's like two a.m., you're gonna get a donut, right? We've talked about this before. Like when I'm in the bag, it's usually I'm home by two, and it's I'm gonna skip the dishes like McDonald's or something greasy. I'm more of like a big greasy burger guy or something like that than I'm a donut guy. <laughs> Do you know what I did last night? I was so lazy. I got I skipped the dishes, uh, some McDonald's, and all I got was a large fries and two, two McFlurries. Oh, I was having myself that, a Sunday, gentlemen. That is that's living. I uh, I had a friend's birthday party this weekend, so we all went golfing, uh, and then hung out uh, in their backyard. And at about ten thirty, I hopped into an Uber and had to wear a mask, which I'm fine with. But it was just it's still weird because it's my first Uber ride I've taken in a long time. Well, I was going to ask because I haven't been on one at all. So you just have to. So that's the protocol now: is you have to just yeah. throw a mask on. Wear a mask. Yeah, and that makes sense. Uh, yep. So I uh, ambitiously requested a uh, McDonald's drive-through stop by. I got McNuggets, a McChicken, a quarter pounder, uh, and fries. And all I got through was the McNuggets, and then woke up to the rest in the morning. Calories don't count after a bender. We all know this. I know. So I, I know. I know. Yeah, you're right. And I took full advantage of that yesterday. Um, should we try to loop Jack back in? Yeah, I'm, it's, it's uh, ringing right now. We're trying to get Jack back in. Okay. All right. So this is, okay, this is what it's telling me. So that while we're waiting for the call to go through, Jack is not only going to get a donair, but he's going to get one off the beaten path. He's gone to a point path. where there is no cell service. That's and, right. he's going, and he's going to crush it before he comes back on. Because he's a professional. Mm-hmm. So the concern is we might have Jack in a bit of a meat coma. Because <laughs> he came, he came out shot out of a cannon. Like his his description of the last four and a half months, about he he was getting me jacked up there. Well, I guess that's a pun, isn't it? We're looking for Jack. He's a man on a mission. He's out there. He's out there in the wilderness somewhere. Jack's gone missing, but we're gonna find him. Pick up where we left off. I believe that's what they call a producer's nightmare. But Jack, we were just talking about uh, being back down at the rink. Uh, what, what's that kind of feel like after a four month layoff? Well, I mean, the biggest thing that I've seen is is just how deep this team is and how quick it is. And neither of those I was necessarily expecting, even through the start of the year, when the Oilers started five and zero and then seven and one. It was it was Leon Drysaddle and Connor McDavid, you know, kind of carrying the club. But as the season wore on, you know, guys like Riley Shan and Josh Archibald began to find their game. Uh, defensively, Caleb Jones and Ethan Bear gave them an unexpected boost. And then Kyler Yamamoto, you know, really catapulted the team at New Year's. And, you know, you bring all those guys back, plus guys like James Neal and Alex Jason have had a chance to get healthy. Purdue Neal, he was banged up, uh, needed to get healthy, has. And Connor McDavid now has a full off season of training instead of rehab. And so you add all those up, and it's an oiler club that, you know, I think is as primed as any, but it's the great unknown. I will say this, though. I feel like Edmonton, and I would have never said this, even nine months ago, I feel like Edmonton is as well-positioned as any in a truncated playoff schedule where there's going to be a lot of games and not too many days, even though there's no travel. I think guys can very easily get banged up. And I think the Oilers are well positioned under those circumstances to kind of withstand the war of attrition, so to speak, and be one of the teams left standing, dare I say it, as we move into late August. 
something I thought I'd never say. Love it, Jack. Uh, I'm gonna. My next question. I feel like I know your answer to it, but I'm gonna ask it anyways. Is Connor McDavid looking just as dominant as we expected, or maybe even more dominant than we've ever seen? The, the last part. I mean, that's what I was telling you. I, you know, he did not have an, his normal offseason last year. He was rehabbing. Now he's been training for four months. You know, a season's worth of bumps and bruises have melted away. He's fully healthy. He's rested. And lately, he's been able to train like he likes to train. You know, these guys, as things started to open up a little bit, you got into a phase two situation. Now, they've been able to kind of hit the ice going. And look, I, as I said the other day, I mean, Connor McDavid hasn't forgotten how to be Connor McDavid. And that should pose some big problems for the rest of the league. Jack, what about for yourself? I mean, it's been a four-month layoff for yourself. Are you doing anything to take care of your voice, or are you already ready and set to go? I'm doing about 100,000 of these podcasts. Huh. I, did, uh, I did a whole bunch of stuff for universities that, you know, were closing out, uh, you know, online classes. So anyone, you know, with a broadcasting program I put out on Twitter a few months ago, and and actually, I, I spent quite a bit quite a bit of time doing that. Uh, a lot of people took me up on it, and it was good to kind of speak with people that reminded me how old I am and how young I once was. So, uh, you know, I'm ready to go. I, you know, I'm I'm going to be in a weird position, in all likelihood, probably calling games off a monitor myself, even though it's in our city. Uh, and so, you know, that's going to be a challenge in and of itself. And uh, so I'll, you know, I'll figure it out. I got an exhibition game to do that should have a, an interesting storyline with Edmonton and Calgary, and we'll go from there. Jack, you mentioned having to call the games off a monitor. Like when, I mean, we heard you off the top there. When you when you get fired up, it is the best thing to hear as an Oilers fan. For you calling it off a monitor, is it is it frustrating to have that during the playoffs for you to not be able to be in the building? Well, I mean, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't a you know a major disappointment. But on the other hand. You know, it's a major disappointment that we're in this situation, that we're not going to have 18,640 people in there. I mean, look, part of the reason that, you know, people remember Edmonton's playoff runs, whether it be 2017, 2006, or, or going back to the 80s, is the atmosphere in the city and the fans in the building. I mean, they're the reason that, you know, the Oilers proved unbeatable in the mid-80s at home. And, and they're the reason that I didn't even bother, you know, talking the last few seconds of game six against Anaheim in 2017. They create the atmosphere. Ask Paul Lorio, the, the late, great Paul Lorio. I mean, his anthem turning it over to the fans is a product of our city, that environment, and, and our supporters. So it's, it's not going to be the same. And, I, you know, look, I'm happy for the city. It's a great showcase for a city I've really, you know, not only come to call home, but, I, you know, I feel pretty strongly that it's as good a market as there is in the National Hockey League. But I'm a little sad that our fans can't experience it as I know they don't like to. So this is, look, the best alternative uh, for me. I'm calling a hockey game, and I'm going to have to find a way to, you know, to reach a championship level. I mean, it's just that simple. I've never done it before, but I'll figure it out. I feel Jack, you up. confidence in that. Uh, yeah. In the last few, every answer that you have provided uh, in this interview so far, you've given me chills. So I think you're in uh, uh, mid-season form here. So looking forward to uh, listening to your voice, getting me amped up, and running running through every wall I see during the summer. Uh, <laughs> you, you, you are a guy who's put in the work, my friend, and uh, I, I would love to just hear a little bit and i know we only have so much time but a little bit of uh a little bit about the come up what things we do when we bring on guests onto the podcast they love when we ask I mean, about the come up uh and yeah, yeah you know, you, what's the what's the synopsis like if you had to give us like the, the the short answer of uh you know what it was to get to where you are today and now the success you're seeing like if there's any kind of cold notes you can provide to us uh to kind of inform the audience well, I mean, first of all, if you've ever met me, you know that short answers are not my forte. And in this case in particular, I mean, 
you know, there is no short answer because it wasn't a short ride. You know, I wasn't talented enough to, you know, get a National Hockey League job at 25. I mean, I, I just, I didn't have that kind of talent. I, I grinded away in the minor leagues a lot like, uh, you know, a guy like Matt Hendricks did. I mean, I, I put in a lot of work and, uh, you know, I, first of all, I crawled back to my hometown after college and, and, uh, you know, did high school hockey and high school football and high school basketball, you know, small college baseball. I mean, whatever I could do, you know, whatever I could do to get on the air, get experience and get better I did and uh you know I got my first minor league job at 24 out in Colorado Springs in a league that you've never heard of it was only around a great a grand total of eight years the West Coast Hockey League I worked for a team called the Colorado Gold Kings in their illustrious four-year history they had two announcers and they both call games for Canadian teams in the National Hockey League Paul Edmonds of the Winnipeg Jets who lasted one year, and then I came in and uh, did the last three. And uh, from there, my team folded up shop in August, and I wound up, uh, you know, making a decision. Do I go, you know, to the Great White North and Anchorage, Alaska, or do I take my chances down south? Well, I'm from the northeastern United States. And uh, us Yankees aren't too fond of the South. So I decided to take my chances up in Alaska, and it proved to be the best decision I ever ever could manage. So it was fantastic, and uh, I was very lucky. You were up Jack, you did, 900, you did 919 games in the minors before getting the call. Don't remind me. Don't remind <laughs> me. I remember every one of them. Well, that's kind of what my question is. Is there – was there a moment for you where you kind of thought maybe this wasn't going to happen? I guess I guess to rephrase it, there were 918 of those moments. <laughs> there were 918 <laughs> of those moments, bud. I mean, there, look, what what pushed you forward? Well, I mean, you just are chasing, right? You're you're just chasing, and and you're hoping that uh, you know it all comes out of the wash. I mean, you know, I I. I had no other alternative. I, I mean, I, that was, I, I had bet on myself and decided I'm just going to ride this out until my wife tells me enough's enough or, you know, I die trying. I mean, that's, that's honestly what it was. I mean, I, I really, I really can't tell you, especially, you know, in Alaska, I had a pretty good setup. I was selling sponsorships. I was making really good money. And, you know, there was no American Hockey League option for me. I couldn't afford the pay cut. Uh, So it was NHL or bust. And I just, you know, I I mean, a little bit of fortune. um, But, you know, there's it's a phrase I use on the broadcast every once in a while. You know, to get into the playoffs, to have a chance to compete for the Stanley Cup, at some point during the regular season, I always say, you got to put yourself into position to get into position. And that's what I did in my own career. I put myself in position to, you know, eventually enough people retired, you know, moved on. Uh, I don't know, decided to grow weed. I don't know what they did, but I was the last. I was the, I was the last one standing. And and uh, you know, I'm 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 very fortunate that the others took a took a chance on me, and I'm probably fortunate that the Oilers had never hired for the position before because they were willing to take a look at anybody and everybody. They'd never hired. You know, Rod Phillips kind of volunteered in the summer of 1972. And, you know, he stayed in that position for 38 years. So uh, because they had no experience, they had no, you know, preconceived ideas about who they wanted, you know, or where that person was going to be from. And who knows, maybe they said Alaska, we got to meet this guy. And, uh, you know, that might have worked to my advantage. So, Jack, take us through the moments you found out you were going to be the voice of the Edmonton Oilers. I mean, what was that like? What was going through your head? Well, I'll tell you what was going through my body, my thoughts. <laughs> I was, uh, I actually was on a vacation with my family in Hawaii. And, um, you know, I had, I had interviewed the, for the job some two or three weeks before and, uh, you know, hadn't heard back and, you know, 
I mean, even though I felt like it went well, I hadn't heard anything. So I was thinking, well, this is another of my many failures. And, uh, you know, it was, we got on the plane and I had sent an email, Hey, uh, you know, to whoever was uh, point man, I, I said, Hey, I'm going to be in Hawaii. Uh, here's my cell phone number. I know you have it. You know, one of those emails you send, you know, you make up some excuse to reestablish contact and it's, you know, a pathetic lame <laughs> reaching, reaching for the stars kind of thing. Like, Hey, please answer me. Well, they didn't answer me. So, you know, later that day, I hopped on a flight and, uh, you know, met, went to went to Hawaii with my family. And I, I still remember my wife, like, you know, halfway through the five-hour flight, looking at my dog face on the plane and saying, hey, you better pick it up. Like, we're in Hawaii for 10 days. Like, I don't want you pouting the whole time. And she was right. And, you know, we got there and I, you know, went to sleep, woke up the next day and, you know, decided she's right. Let's go have fun. Went down to the pool, ordered up uh, around the Mount Mai Tais. It's a Saturday morning and I get a call from Edmonton. And for some reason, I don't know why, I should have thought it was a rejection call. But I was like, Saturday morning, like... That'd be a weird time. You know, as I picked up the phone, I just had a weird feeling. And sure enough, uh, you know, the, the, the guy who picked up was a guy by the name of Alan Watt who worked for the Oilers and the Eskimos for years and years. Good, good friend of mine. And he goes, uh, hold on, I, I got to get a few other people on the phone. I said, well, this must be good news because if you're getting a few other people on the phone to tell me I've come up short again, you are really a sadist. So, uh, I was, you know, so needless to say, he goes, you ready to come to Edmonton? I said, I'm ready to come to Edmonton, but first, uh, can we get off this call so I can buy a round of drinks for everyone at the pool? So that's, you know, he said, Hey, have a great time in Hawaii. Congratulations. And we'll see you in 10 days. So that was a hell of a way to start my vacation and I'll never forget it. Wow. No kidding. I mean, like that's probably the best start to a vacation ever. What about like when you when you finally got to Edmonton, you're sitting in the booth and it's time to call your first Oilers game. Was it like, were you a bundle of nerves at that point? Were you excited? What was running through your mind? Uh, you know, I mean, I'd be lying if I didn't have, if I didn't have some like, I don't know, jitters or excitement. I mean, obviously I was amped up, uh, but that's where the 900 plus games come in. I mean, you know, the one thing about doing it, for so many years in the minors, just you finally get to the National Hockey League, God, I think you'd be ready, right? You know, so I, I, I as it, maybe I was nervous, but I, I didn't feel that nervous. I, I just felt like, you know what, this is this is what you worked your whole life for. You're ready. Um, I, I, you know, and I don't mean to sound arrogant. It's just again, it's not like this was new to me. I mean, I'd been banging away for a long time. I was excited to do it at the highest level, and and you know, ten years later, you know, I'm gonna have that same kind of sense of excitement when we come back. I'm always a little bit of a, I don't know whether bundle of nerves is the right, but I'm always amped up when it's you know the first game after a long layoff, whether it's the first game of the season or in this case, first game of the postseason. I feel like you're amped up right now, but you've got me amped up. You've got 10 years of NHL <laughs> under your belt, and you have, well, especially this year, some cool shit's happened that you got to call. But in your 10 years uh, in the NHL so far, what has been your favorite call to date? What sticks out? Well, I mean, again, it goes back to the fans. It goes back to the most meaningful games you call, and, and that would be, you know, day or day scoring the game five goal in the first round against San Jose. I mean, that that overtime was probably going to decide the series. I mean, let's be honest. I, you know, I, I think going back to San Jose down three, two, you know, even if you win game six, you know, it's still a flip of the coin in game seven. I, you know, that was, that was going to decide the series. I felt like, uh, and you know, Edmonton got it done and you know, the, just the way the crowd exploded. I remember, you know, coming out of the arena after game five and it's, you know, that's the great thing about playoff hockey in Edmonton is it's, you know, 
it's still light out when you come out of the arena. People are, you know, in the streets and just getting after it. It was a lot of fun. I mean, it was just, and that's what will be a little bit lacking in this particular scenario. I won't have that arena feel. I won't have the, you know, 18,000 people to keep me going. But uh, I am glad at least there's some sort of alternative. But there's, you know, nothing will replace that. I mean, that was just a great feeling, both uh, the actual goal by David Dayarnay as it turned out is last in an Oiler uniform. And uh, and just, again, how how pumped the people were and how active the streets were. That was, that was a fun night. Jack, you mentioned that 2017 run there and how much fun it is around the city. You had to wait. I mean, we all lived through the decade of darkness as well, but you had to wait seven years to finally call Oilers playoff hockey. Do you think the weight of that made it almost that much sweeter for both you and for the city? And that and that's you know that contributed to everything being so fired up. Well, I mean, you know, if you think about it, Alaska. Yeah, I mean, I you know, second round. I, I think my years in Alaska after the, my first year, I think it was second round and second round in '04, and then uh, a run. Uh, a conference final in 07, second round in 08, uh, a championship final in 09, game seven, you know, so there was a lot, you know, there were a lot of playoff games there. You get spoiled, and I know it's the minors, but you certainly don't think you're going to have to wait seven years. So, absolutely. I mean, I, you know, there's nothing like playoff hockey in Edmonton. I, I was told that going into that particular postseason by the by the people who remembered 06 so vividly and their descriptions were 100% accurate and their buildup did not disappoint. So yeah, here, Jack, I, 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 oh, sorry. Go ahead, Big Mel. I was just going to say, for me, it's almost hard to, it's almost hard to believe it's already been 10 years that you've been calling Oilers games. Is it, does it fly by for you, or do you kind of just do you take moments to just kind of enjoy the ride, especially after such a grind in the minors? Well, it does fly by. I mean, you know, I've got a 13 year old to the right of me who was three years old when we moved here. I mean, I you know, I have my kids to keep to keep me grounded in terms of wow, this has flown by. I mean, uh, my 16 year old daughter just got her driver's license the other day. Uh, a warning to all you Edmontonians. Um, so, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, when I moved here, I, I had a six-year-old and a three-and-a-half-year-old, and now, you know, I, I've got a driver and, and uh, you know, someone else who's going into high school next year. So it's, it's hard to believe for me, but, you know, my kids, this is all they know. Uh, and like I said, uh, Edmonton has a way of making you feel at home uh, fairly early on in, in your tenure. And uh, I've always been a guy, I mean, obviously, I, you know, I gave you a brief, brief description there, Colorado Springs, Alaska, and Edmonton. I'm not afraid to live in different places. I believe home is what you make of it. And I'm just glad the last 10 years this place has been my home. Jack, I was looking on your website there, uh, a bunch of interesting pictures. You got one of you with Wayne Gretzky, but also one of you with Steven Tyler. Uh, I think I want to know the story behind that photo. He was dating a girl in Anchorage, and I think he might still be dating her. Uh, but he, you know, he was dating an Anchorage gal. And, I, you know, my, I mean, obviously when he, when he was coming to town and he's, he's from Boston, I think he wanted to check out an Aces game. And, you know, as you can imagine, between our ownership group and our PA announcer, I mean, everyone was kind of dive bombing to get a piece of this guy. And, uh, and I said, Hey, you know, if you want a break from everyone like leeching onto you, you want to call a period with me in the second period. I don't let anyone up in my, you know, area there. You could just hang out for an hour and not have to deal with all this. And uh, he said, I'm gonna, I might take you up on that. And sure enough, in the second period, he showed up, just put a headset on, and uh, we called the whole second period of that night's game together and, and had a drink after the game. It's, you know, last wow. was a special place, too. It was, you know, it was, uh, I mean, I... I was Alaska. Actually, I was sitting there one time having dinner, 
at a seafood restaurant. And a uh, nice-looking couple pulls up next to us. My wife and I are sitting there, and I'm sorry. I said, I'm sorry, honey, but I, I'm going to have one opportunity to say hello to Elle McPherson. I'm going to take it. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> Elle McPherson plopped down. I think they were filming, if not the edge itself, some sort of, like, uh, I follow up to the edge that never panned out. Remember that movie with her and uh, Anthony Hopkins? Yeah. And Alec Baldwin, the bear. Remember that one? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was, I think it was a sequel that never ended up getting made, but she was in town for a while. So, anyways, yeah, I've got tons of stories good. like that. You, you know, you'd be surprised. Not too long ago, I was, uh, I was at the award show in Vegas. And uh, ran into Floyd Mayweather, hmm. a guy, a uh, six foot eight, two hundred and sixty pound dude, goes, "Hey Jack, what are you doing?" And it was some guy from Toronto who's a huge Oiler fan. And I said, "Holy cow, what is, what are you doing?" I thought I did something wrong. And he goes, "Oh, I'm just waiting outside. Look who's shopping." And it was him and about four other bodyguards waiting on uh, Floyd Mayweather shopping in Vegas. So. Trust me, the hockey world opens more doors than you can imagine. That's it's incredible. Like a, like the hockey world takes care of each other, I think, and uh, I think that's yes. kind of proved it in spades right there. Um, kind of, well, Elle McPherson, I still to this day have a giant crush on her. Uh, so oh, I'm well, very that's unquestionably. <laughs> the body. Uh, I, I think my wife had a bit of a crush on her, too. <laughs> Well, as she should, like we all should. Yeah. If your eyes work, you should have a crush on Elle McPherson. <laughs> yes, yes. I, had, I, I, I didn't know what it was like to be around the beautiful people in that until that particular night. But yeah, no, it's it's. Look, I've had a great, I've had a great time. I had a great time in the minors, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you can understand that I'm totally tongue in cheek. I mean, I. I'm not sure I'd trade any of those years, I, you know, because, again, you know, when you get here in a, in a city that knows it's hockey and knows whether you're going to be genuine or whether you're trying to be something you're not, uh, I think those years in Alaska were instrumental in, in kind of not only molding me as a broadcaster but in molding me as a person. There's a lot of similarities uh, between the two cities, you know, beyond just the oil industry and the tourism industry. It's there are cities that are a lot alike in the sense that if you want to complain about the weather or how far we are from other metropolitan areas, I can give you directions to the airport real quickly. And I yeah. like that kind of I like that kind of civic fierce pride. I, I, I get a kick out of that. I think it's important as a city to have that. And I think it's one of many reasons why Edmonton is the best Canadian city, because they have it. And not a lot of the other cities don't, in my experience. Well, Jack, you talk about being genuine and things like that. And, you know, knowing your hockey, being knowledgeable and genuine. I think that's part of the reason why this city and why the fan base has just come to love you so much. Because you almost do kind of embody Oilers fans. You you know, we hear you yelling after the Josh Archibald goal the way that you were after that OT winner against Carolina. And for 90% of Oilers fans, they're going... That's exactly how I'm yelling after Josh Archibald scores an yeah. overtime winner. So I think that that genuine aspect of your call is really why the fan base has, has, really loves you the way they do. You just asked my kids. That's not yelling. That's just how <laughs> I speak. Uh, they're they're they are uh, they are battle tested. They know that I only know one volume, very loud, and. Uh, <laughs> They just have to grin and bear it, and I suppose our listening audience has to as well. Before we uh, before we wrap yeah, things up here, I'll send it over to Jay here. Jay, I'll let you get in your final uh, question or two. Yeah, sorry. Uh, so I'm going to start with a statement, and then I got a question for you. I need your opinion on what you think is going to happen here. Uh, first of all, thank you for being a fantastic advocate for Edmonton and ambassador. We had a group of Germans here in. Um, Came in in mid March, early March. Yeah, I said hello to them before a game. Yeah, yeah. You you took the time and you chatted to all of them and you just blew all their minds because they listen to you. They stream your voice in Germany and uh, they've got they put you on a pedestal. So the fact you took the time to spend with them was super awesome, but also shows kind of what being an Edmontonian is. 
Uh, we were open to, to, you know, bringing new people in. So thank you for that. Uh, but going into the playoffs, uh, who's our, who's our Fernando? Who do you think is our Fernando Fasani uh, for this playoff? And why? That's a very, that's a very good, well, boy, that's a really good question. Um, you know, I, I gotta go, I gotta go with Josh Archibald. That, if, if you had to, in other words, think about last playoff run. I think Mark Letestu was the second leading scorer on the Oilers. I think he had more points than Connor McDavid. If you look that up, I'm pretty sure he did. He did. And, um, and I, I feel like, I feel like Josh Archibald, uh, you know, he doesn't play center, obviously, and he's a lot quicker than Mark Letestu, but he's a penalty killer. You're going to see him in pretty much all situations except on the power play. And, you know, as you saw in the three-on-three OT, when Dave Tippett needed him, he was there. Uh, He skates exceptionally well, and he has a knack for being in the right spot. I I, I feel like if, if you're looking for an unsung hero that could all of a sudden go full Claude Lemieux or something like that, Josh Archibald would be my pick. Bag milk, you got a last one? Yeah, I got a last question. Uh, Jack, my favorite call that you've done uh, was fairly recent, actually. It was Connor and Leon in overtime against Washington. They're on a two-on-one. They're unstoppable. Leon to Connor, Connor back to Leon in the net. You go bananas. I went bananas in my house. My question out of this is, is there a broadcaster or announcer when you were growing up, when you were young, that kind of formed your opinion of what a play-by-play guy should be as you tried to find your own voice to where you are now? Mike Lang, Pittsburgh. Mike Lang, no doubt about it. And, and you know, it's a shame, you know, Canadians mostly know Mike Lang as the guy who, you know, says Michael, Michael, motorcycle, and beat him like a rented mule and upstairs where mom keeps the peanut butter and all that crap. But he is one hell of a play-by-play announcer. I mean, I, I just remember listening to him rattle off, you know, nine or ten minutes. We all, you know, have seen the highlights and we all remember, you know, the 80s style off eight, nine minutes of, you know, just continuous action. There weren't a lot of whistles, uh, obviously not, you know, not near the, the type of game we have today. Uh, they let pretty much everything fly, especially in the playoffs. And I was always amazed by the fact that he could rattle off nine, ten minutes of uninterrupted play-by-play with great scoring chances and wonderful saves without so much as a stumble. He mastered the language, and that was always my goal. And luckily, my dad was an English professor, and my mom was exceptionally smart. So I always had parents who, as annoying as I found it at the time, who corrected my grammar and who corrected my subject-verb conjugation and all that stuff, you know, it's paid off in my chosen profession. And, uh, you know, Mike Lang, I'll tell you what, um, again, he's not super popular north of the border. If anyone knows him, they know him for those little things I was talking about. But he'll always be the guy that, that got me thinking, along with my own uh, lack of athletic ability, that broadcasting might be the way to go. Jack, as the producer of this podcast, I thank you for sticking through the technical difficulties with me. As the host, I thank you for giving us some great answers and giving us a lot of your time. Really appreciate it. Look forward to hearing you in the playoffs. Cheers, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Jack. There we go. That's Jack Michaels, Oilers play-by-play voice. Uh, Doing it on the phone was a little bit different, so I apologize to the listeners if we were sort of stumbling over each other. But I'll start with you, Begged Milka. That's a guy who can get you fired up pretty easily, hey? You know what? Even just listening to him give us answers about his come up yeah. he's got that voice he's got the you can read the phone book just, you can read the phone book that's exactly it it's just i'm fired up just listening he could he could literally like jay just said read the phone book or a recipe on making banana bread and i would be fired up to listen to it he's just got the voice over the last 10 years it's been a mainstay in all of our lives for you know six months at a time every year hopefully longer now these days um, but yeah, he was great. I, I just, I really loved hearing his story of resilience and the hard work and the grinding that it took to get to the NHL. This wasn't a guy that was given anything. 
This is a guy that ground out 919 minor league games before getting the call. And you could hear about it. You could, I love hearing people put in that much work into a goal and having it pay off the way he did. He said the magic words. I bet on myself. Yeah, he really did. He did bet on himself. And I was actually going to ask him if he could do some 10,000 hours math on that one because uh, he really did bet on himself. And it was one of those things that was inspiring to hear him talk about where he didn't have a backup plan. It was this. This was it. And this is what he wanted to do. And he kept kept, kept at it until he got it. Yeah, and he stuck through it as I tried to figure out. Uh, I mean, I'm going to splice it together, so hopefully the listener doesn't think there was any technical issues. But man, that was uh, that was tough, and doing it over the phone was uh, was a little bit difficult. But man, he he's a patient guy. He's a guy who loves the Oilers, loves Oilers fans, and uh, it came through in his answers there. Yeah, that was a ton of fun. Ton of well, fun. talking about how good, talking about what the fan base means to the playoffs in this city. Like, I'm glad he got to see it in 2017 yeah. because this city is a greater place when the Oilers are in the playoffs and he was a thousand percent right. And, um, I was happy to hear him. It's, it's fun to hear from the other side of, of a broadcast that they know it too. It's not just like we're a fan in the stands and we're going, Holy shit, this is crazy. Like they know it too. And I, I just love that. He, he genuinely seems to love this city. He, uh, he mentioned That's that Harney OT winner. And when you listen to it on his website, uh, you literally can barely hear Jack at all. Like the crowd was bananas in that game. Uh, but yeah, his passion is it's second to none. Oh yeah, like it, like I said, he he was just having a conversation with with us there, and it's just like how he his voice, but just the energy with which he speaks with, just like, like I said, there was like multiple times just his answers were giving me chills because they're they're being like the like I said it I earlier. Uh, how his energy just exudes out of his like voice and through the speakers uh, of, of, you know, right now my car where I'm sitting here, this like, it just, it just hits you, hits you right in the field. Oh, he projects. He's the, he's the guy. If you're having a backyard barbecue, he won't need no PA system to talk to you. Oh no. Uh, before we uh, share a few more thoughts here and wrap up the podcast, need to give some love once again to our friends at Jappa who made that, they make every episode possible, whether we have a great guest or not. Uh, big shout out to Jappa. Check them out, jappamachinery.com. They got a few things going on this month, as they always do, including those 815s, which are still sitting there up on their Instagram. If you want to go check it out, two cat 815 compactors. Look at it if, if you need one. If you need anything, 815s, packers, asphalt rollers, excavators, and more, all available at Jappa Machinery. Uh, at Oodle Noodle. 10% of all in-store proceeds go to a local charity every week. Jay, do you have a running tally on how much has been raised so far through Oodle Noodle? Oodle Noodle? Uh, not officially. Well, actually, no, we do. Uh, uh, I have to check the spreadsheet, but it's somewhere north of $40,000 awesome. to date, which is just crazy. Awesome. Uh, so, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's worked out really well. We've been able to help out some, some charities in need. This week, we partnered with the uh, Jerry Forbes Center for Volunteerism. Sorry, for Spirit and Volunteerism. Uh, it's a mouthful, but very interesting facility. So it's 93,000 square feet. It houses like 20 other charities in it. So it's a charity to help support charities uh, by basically removing like overhead expenses like rent. Um, so very interesting uh, facility. We got the tour and they're doing great things. So that's who we're partnering with this week. So uh, yeah, I just, you know, uh, we see these numbers and we see the support that's being generated and being injected into the community. And it's uh, like Jack Michaels, his voice gives me chills. So super cool to see. And I saw on your Instagram today, location 14, we're close. We're close. So we're just, so we're trying to, we're trying to get an inspection moved up that's booked. We're one inspection away. And uh, Hamptons it will be open. So right now it's slated for July 30th, but everything in the store is ready now. So if we can get it this week, we could be doing a soft opening this week. But worst case, July 30th, Hampton, Deep West End, Edmonton, we're coming for you. It's ready just in time for the playoffs, and so should the limited edition Nation Beer playoff cans, correct? Correct. So we are, so they're canned. 
labels just haven't been labeled yet. So labels are arriving like today or tomorrow. So by the end of by in the next day or two, there's going to be a video of the canning being done, the labeling being done, I should say. Uh, and then that beer will be shipped down to Edmonton and available on Liquor Connect later this week. Jay, as a betting man, have you gotten around to putting any money on the Oilers versus Hawks series? Uh, yeah. So yeah, I've got. <laughs> well, let's 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 go back to my Oilers betting prowess, shall we? Not. Uh, me and Nipsey Brown, one of uh, our favorite Australians, mm-hmm. got together on a Windicat. And put four hundred dollars down on the Oilers to make the playoffs at three point seven five to one. Unreal odds. Unreal odds. So we cashed in on that. So now we're taking some of the house money and we're going. We got two hundred on the Oilers to win the cup at twenty twenty two or twenty four to one. Um, and we've got two hundred on the series right now. And then I think we're just going to roll the series uh, up uh, in terms of just keep keep. Uh, as we win, just keep doubling down uh, on the next series. So uh, bets are in. I'm trying to find some other fun little bets to do in the meantime. Maybe your M truck. That's where you're good at. You're good at finding some, you know, more non-traditional types of bets. Yeah. But, uh, I might uh, get involved with just to keep things more spicy on an in-game uh, experience. But uh, yeah, no, we're we're in. And just hearing Jack talk, I I can just I can just feel it. Yeah. That is what's so interesting about this. That I don't know what it is. And it's maybe because hockey's been taken away from us for four months and now it's back and it's in August and there's all this magic around it. But like, I'm watching these player interviews and I'm reading the content that's being put out. And it, it I, I just, I just feel, I feel like this is going to be a pretty good playoff run. Like, I just, I just, I just see it. Do, do well, you guys not? I, I mean, I completely get it. And there was no greater example than I just posted on Saturday morning. I posted a stupid little article at OilersNation.com called Oilers Mean Business with Their Playoff Hair. Yeah. And the amount of passion from nation citizens and other people, like I, it was on Reddit, it was on Facebook, like I was all over the place, people discussing Nuge's mustache, Riley Shan's beard. Jujar Kara looks great. Everybody's ready to go. Yamamoto's got hair flowing out like the mane oh. of a lion. Like it's just everybody is all in on this, and it's fun to watch both the the fans of the team and the players excited to get going. And it's adding like a oh, almost like a I, different flavor of excitement that wouldn't otherwise be possible. If that makes sense. I, yeah, and, and and just and but just how they're talking, like I just. I don't know what it is. Like you're hearing that they're pushing the pace, like the the pace of practice is being pushed to the roof, and it's being led by Leon and Connor, which is like fantastic to hear from a leadership thing. And when you know, if you practice hard, that like, and and, and you and you practice with like a, a, a game pace in, in in practice, that you you that that does produce results. So like that's good to hear. But then you just like like I'm watching Sheehan's interview yesterday, and I'm just like, oh my, like just how they're fucking talking, like. This just seems, this team honestly feels like a unit. I, I just, I just, that's all I'm hearing and feeling when these guys are talking. And like, it seems like these guys are on a unit. Everyone knows their job and they're coming to like, they've got, they've got a mission. And I just, it's just, I, I, I don't want to make grandiose statements, but I just feel like if that is the attitude that's being taken into this, like you're, we're gonna see some success as a result. So like, how far? I don't know. I'm willing to bet on the whole fucking thing, but I would regardless. Um, it's just like I, 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 I just I'm, 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 I'm tickling inside. Like I've, I've got the tickle. So I don't know. I just these playoffs can't start soon enough because I just, I just feel like it's, it's gonna be fucking unreal for other fans. I agree, and there, I'm trying to find the quote, but I can't find it before we wrap here, but. Uh, one of the Oilers players, and I wish I knew which one, was quoted as saying that he thinks Connor is somehow faster. And that that honestly made me laugh out loud over the weekend that this four-month hiatus, and Jack talked about it too, was yeah. Connor went full off-season mode training for this, and now everybody better get the hell out of his way. I think Sheehan said I think he gained a step. <laughs> <laughs> which um. is absurd. 
and then yeah like it's like it's yeah you're right like he's now actually got like he's he didn't rehab the last six months. He was playing NHL hockey and then actually had a four month off season to properly train. Like last thing you want, if you're the other the rest of the NHL is to have Connor four unencumbered months to just train, to get better. Um, like, fuck, I think we're weaponized. And now all of a sudden it's so weird right now. Like the vernacular is just changed in terms of like how the media looks at us. They're like, Oh, we've got depth. We've got depth everywhere. Now we're like, you go like 14 months ago or this same time last year and ever all the outside media is saying we've got nothing. Like it's well, so yeah. funny how it changes. Credit to Uncle so Ken quickly. on that too though, right? Because I mean, he's the guy who went out and got that depth. Shahan, Archibald, acquiring Ennis, getting Athens to you, making the Lucic for Neil trade, extending Alex Chase on. Like all of those guys, Ken Holland pretty much rebuilt this forward group in like 12 to 14 months. Happy anniversary on the yep. Luge for Neil trade yesterday, by the way. Yeah. Oh, great day. I hope everyone had a drink and celebrated that uh, fleecing. It's a prominent part of our intro on the pod, and damn right it is, because that was a that's one of the best moments to be an Oilers fan in the last three years. Yeah, I, I, you just felt something special happen, which it took. It's been a while since uh, that happened, but yeah, you're yeah. right. Uncle Ken has systematically rebuilt us, and the thing, the wild card here is if, if Athens to you can actually, you know. Yeah establish some some comfort and some consistency here like that's another weapon like he's a weapon well he's got and he's got a great chance to do it too playing up with dry and yamamoto like i don't know if there's a better opportunity for him to start off this playoff than where he's at right now yeah that's yeah, a great exactly. point too yeah because personally, frankly, I, I wish that Tippett would have kept Nuge with Dreisaitl and Yamamoto. Mm-hmm. But obviously, you know, Connor needs some love too with, along with Cassian. So it makes sense to put Nuge there. And I'm really hoping that those combos work. Otherwise, you know Nuge is going right back with the other two. It's going to be fun. It's yeah. going to be fun. And we got, yeah. we got two more episodes here before the season really gets going next Monday, next Thursday. Like next Thursday after we watch the exhibition game. Oh, man. I'm my excitement's probably going to be at a level I can't even fathom right now because I feel like once I get a chance to sit down and watch a game on TV, even though it'll be exhibition and it might not be as you know intense as or obviously won't be as intense as even a regular season game, uh, just watching the guys out there again I think is going to put me on another level. Yeah, well, it's just yeah, it's just one more step to like this being a reality, right? Like yeah. it. I'm still like I know like we're going through the motions now like but it, for some reason I'm still like cautiously optimistic but like you're right the minute like we actually are in front of our television watching a hockey game that's when it'll really kind of set in and just like then like full playoff mode will kind of engage in, in in internally for us. I'll be as excited for that as I would be having dinner right beside El McPherson. That was a hell oh of a story God. too. Ah, oh, Jack Michaels Jeez. was a beauty. I wish we could, honestly another one of those guests, and it was the same thing with Gene Principe Friday on Oilers Nation Radio. If you haven't listened to that, go check it out. Jack's one of those guys where if the technology was working and we could have gone an hour with him, we would have had no problem going an hour with Jack Michaels. Well, we gotta try oh, and get him back. Yeah, absolutely. Easily. Maybe after the playoffs, we'll bring Jack back for a follow up on his pandemic play by play. Jay Begno, thanks for sticking through the technological di- glitches. Enjoy your week. I'll talk to you again in seven days. Get your 10,000 hours in, people. Peace. <laughs> or 50,000. Yeah, yeah. just get your math in. Uh, episode 198, I think, of the Real Life Podcast is over. Great job on making it through the entire hour of the Real Life Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.